Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to a Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the EchoNet. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 31, where today we're going to be talking about Bounty of Blood, A Fistful of Redemption. But first, just a quick reminder, you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at a Vault Hunter's Pod or through our email at vaulthuntersguide at gmail.com. Also, we're back to uploading on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you can watch us record it live on Twitch. All those things. <laughs> Which I feel like I say every time, but it's always accurate. <laughs> it is. It is true. So this is a unique episode. Yeah. For anyone that's not aware, we're actually sharing the same physical space. That was a weird way to put it. Ah. <laughs> so it's a bit of a different setup for us, so just be aware, <laughs> I guess. Sir, are you aware? Are you aware? Please do not decorate it. <laughs> That's a Mitch Hedberg joke. If you don't know who Mitch Hedberg is, stop listening to the podcast right now. Go look up his stuff. For real. I just want to make sure I got the right episode. Yeah, it's episode 31. All right, Good. cool. We're really thrown off. It is uh, 4th of July weekend. It's real late at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and this is an interesting setup for us. Yeah, it's not often that we get to record together in person. Right. Normally we're out of person. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was, I was just trying to come up with a pun, and the only thing I could get, that I could come up with was like, yeah, like a dolphin, but we're doing it on porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> God. This was a mistake. It was a bad idea. Anyways, yeah, um, last two weeks in the Borderlands has been awesome. Uh, yes. I've, been, I've been playing a lot of Bounty of Blood. Yeah, tons of changes and stuff like that. It's actually been pretty sick. Yeah, the huge patch uh, came through. The second part of the patch came through, which scaled a lot of action skills and stuff. That's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's working out pretty well. I am a fan. Um, man, so many good builds that have been coming out of this, too. Like, just watching all the different builds that we've been having mm-hmm. and seeing everything like that. Like, digital. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I didn't even want to go. Anyways. Like, seeing Digiclone uh, Zane come out, and we act... Like, that's the thing, like, like it seems like all the pets are now, like, top tier, and it's sick. Yeah, except for Flax pets. Yeah, but he doesn't need them. <laughs> right, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's irrelevant. Like, like Rack Attack could be better. It still doesn't trigger Head Explosion. Right. Which needs to get fixed. Yeah. Because that's weird. I mean, but there's so many other things that are that are amazing about about where Borderlands is right now, and like Flack, frankly, doesn't need it. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, Digiclone Zane is out. Iron Bear, Iron Bear Mose is now like actually a thing, and it's really, really good. It's so good that it's like a huge divisive issue right now yeah yeah get at us let us know how you, what do you think about this after you listen to this episode this episode is going to be going up what, today is the fifth so it's going to be going up on the ninth that sounds right yeah math it's too late to do math <laughs> so um but yeah let us know what you think about um about iron bear mose and you know, let us know if you think that's cool or not or whatever the situation is, because I'm very curious to hear what people say, because I see both sides of it. And I know I know what camp I'm in, but I okay. can if you see both sides of it, then I'm going to take a position. You take the opposite position. Sure. And we'll just do a quick thing on that. OK, most has been woefully underpowered for way too long and it's nice to finally have, like, a really, really good... To have Moe's in a really, really OP place. Yeah, but just because something was in a really bad place before doesn't mean you need to overcompensate for it. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to go way above and beyond for it. Could it be that it was a mistake? <laughs> what, Moe's was a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> Not just Moe's, but I mean, like, could it be that having Iron Bear where it's at was a mistake? Um, like like, that, like somebody like that, like, missed a decimal yes, or something like exactly. that. Yes, exactly. Like the decimal dude fucked up again. <laughs> Garrison. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always that possibility. I I think it's just they're 
they're still figuring the game out because there's always new weapon metas coming out and everything like that. Sure. So I think it's I don't think it's a mistake. I th- I think it's just a situation where they did um, over you know if that's the case they might have overcompensated a little bit and everything. So. I think that that maybe that's the issue that Gearbox has like from the get go is like constantly like tweaking stuff, buffing and nerfing and all that shit. But like constantly releasing new shit too. Yeah. Like, like control your variables. Only adjust one thing at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, guess what? We're gonna add in some new weapons. We're gonna give everybody more skill points, and we're going to make all these adjustments all at the same time. Right. I I think that's fair, and I think that that's something they should look into in the future. Like, if there's gonna be a DLC, there's usually a level cap increase that goes along with that. It seems like. I would rather they not. Increase the level cap to sixty-three. That's fair. So, what, where, where do you want to top out at then? For like, when it's all said and done, when there's no more content coming out for Borderlands Three, that's not like seasonal events or anything like that. Where do you want it to top out at, as far as how many skill points or you know your level? I'm okay with sixty. Are you? Like, if we stopped here, you'd be good? Yeah, I think if we stopped here, we'd be good. What if they add in that fabled fourth tree? Then I would think you would... Then I would want, like, ten more skill points. So, like, 70? Yeah. That's fair. And that would get us to about the point that we were in Borderlands 2 for a long, long time. And that seemed to work out really well for most people. Yeah, that was 72, right? 72, yep. And then they buffed it to 80 with the Commander Lilith DLC. Way too much of a grind. Way too much of a grind to get to, to, to go from seventy two to eighty. No, I mean we'll just to, to <clears throat> level all the way to eighty. Yeah. In a, in a in a game where um in in games like WoW and stuff like that, it's different because you're constantly doing stuff with those characters and there's constantly things to do. And now that you can't do that in Borderlands, but it's made to be Borderlands. I feel like is much more a situation where it's almost meant to be. Hey. Take one level, one character to max level, do all the content, and then that's it. Start a new one. Mm. Like, that's almost the feel for it. So, when that max level is 80, that's, man, grinding, yeah. grinding that out's a long time. It, it is a long time because, like, frankly, like, I can much easier, I can much more quickly go from, um, I'll bet you that I can go from 13 to 57 in Borderlands 3 quicker than you can go from 30 to 80 in Borderlands 2. Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm not using like any exploits or anything like that, I'm sure you could. Yeah. But that's not why we're here today. I'll bet you I can take one from 0 to 57 in less playtime than it takes you from 30 to 50, 30 to 80. And you're not going to and you're not going to you're not going to scum it up where you're going to be like, oh, I'm going from 0 to 13 and then 13 to 57. No, no, I wouldn't do something like that. We'll have to try that sometime. We'll do an experiment. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So let us know on Twitter who you think is going to win that and tell us why you think it's going to be Drew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, cool. So, but we are here today to talk about uh, Bounty of Blood. Um, Don't mind me looking at my phone. We've got my notes on here. Yep. So, um... First of all, Bounty Blood, Fistful of Redemption. Mm-hmm. Let's not, like, jerk everybody around. Like, let's just get it right out, right out of the, right out of the gate. Out of seven, mm-hmm. you give it what? I'm going to give it a five. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. I think the biggest thing for me is that it did add a lot of really fun weapons, which we'll get into here in a little bit. So there's a lot of really fun weapons in it. It really does have very much like a Western feel for several different reasons. And um, I like the aesthetic of it as well. Um, Having that East meets West kind of vibe, like the Cowboys and everything meeting with the feudal Japan type of looking stuff, especially, especially even like having the mountain in the background and everything like that. That's very reminiscent of Mount Fuji and things like that. And then having the, um, and then having the more Japanese looking landscapes uh, contrasted against like the very like red deserts, like you would see someplace in like Utah or Arizona or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. New Mexico, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yep. Yeah, I I also give it a, a five out of seven overall. I really enjoy, um, 
I I kind of like that the short was a little short. Short was <laughs> the short was a little short. Everybody, <laughs> I liked that the story was short. It's a quick main campaign. You know, like it's like three hours long. Yeah, which we were surprised about. Right. I mean, it's like three hours long. Like playing it casually. Like mm-hmm. I did it the other. I did it last week. In like two hours, yeah, two and a half, two and a half, two. Yeah, just like, like sprinting that. through everything and not worrying about all the dialogue and everything. Right, yeah, right. Which <clears throat> to me is really great because sometimes they make DLCs and stuff extra long for no reason other than they think that what we want is a long story. Right. Yeah, and that's not true. Right, and and that's the thing is even. Because I'm much more one of those people about the length of the game doesn't really matter to me all that much as long as the quality is there. Right. Um, obviously, that's to a certain extent. Like I don't, like I don't go and play like Mario One and die on the first Goomba and be like, "Wow, what a satisfying adventure that was," you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I agree though. Um, yeah, and as long as there's that's the thing is we have seen some artificial padding in some of their DLCs previously. Yeah, for sure. Just, like, random fetch quests and shit, and, like, like the only way to do it is to go and talk to this person, and they're like, well, you gotta do something for me first, you know? And, like, I fucking hate that stuff. Yeah. But <clears throat> what's really great, I think, is that they make up for the shortness of the DLC with big changes in gameplay. Yeah, they do. With the um the moths or whatever they are, the bugs that like can convert an enemy into an ally for a few seconds mm-hmm. and the jump pads and the core exploder, you know, yeah. system. It's just <clears throat> with all that new shit in there, it makes it a lot like I don't care so much that it's not you know, a five-hour-long main story, five, six-hour-long main story campaign. Right. You know? No, <clears throat> I agree. And I think, I think um, as far as the story goes, I think it's solid. Um, and like, spoilers right away, though, just on different things. So we're going to go into the spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Mine's dead. dead. Uh, <laughs> secondly, they have this weird kind of gotcha at the end where the entire time you keep on hearing about, oh, the company this and the company that and the company, you know, got up and left and the company left us with this and they did this and that and everything. And then they just reveal at the end, like they don't mention who it is. And then at the end, they just reveal that it's Jacobs. Mm-hmm. It could have been anybody. Could have been. It really could have been anybody. And that didn't matter. So it was we. And and here's the thing. I kept on thinking, I was like, it can't be Jacobs. It can't be Jacobs. It just seems too obvious. It was too obvious. It's like, yeah, Jacobs has, like, you know, they're the ones that have the revolvers and, like, the sawed-off shotguns and everything like that. And I was like, this is too easy to put it into a, to put into, like, a cowboy-style DLC. And I was like, nope, that's exactly what they did. Which is weird, because then all of the... There wasn't as many Jacob's weapons that were legendaries that were introduced in this one. Like, there was actually way less than what were introduced in the last DLC, which I understand that the last DLC was about Wainwright and Hammerlock and everything like that, but it wasn't about his company. It was just about them. It was just about those two as people. No, but I think that if you include Uniques, then there's a lot of Jacob's shit. That's true, but and and that actually matters now because you can get those uniques as Mayhem Ten level sixty story rewards. Yeah, that's actually a good point. That is a really good point. So it is. It's just weird that even of the stuff that you can farm as boss drops and things like that, that there's not as many Jacobs things in there. If if that's the whole big build up to it, because I mean it's literally like well probably like like 20 minutes before the end boss fight is when you find that out. Yeah, something like that cuz you go down you go down you find that out on your way to the quartermaster. Yep. You kill the quartermaster and then after that like there's another ambush in town or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then you're off to go to go fight Rose. How do, how do you feel about Rose as a as an antagonist? I really liked her. Yeah. She had um 
like she had a reason for wanting to do what she did, mm-hmm. which was good. And she did seem to be one step ahead of you the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? And just like had shit planned out already. And but like I think even though you get like Ooh, excuse me. Even though you get like super close to her a lot of times, I don't think that it's from like her incompetence like it was with Eleanor from the uh Wainwright and Hammerlock DLC. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's because she like is like fucking with you. You know what I mean? Oh sure. Like she's like she knows that she's a better gunslinger than you and like just wants to mess with you the whole time. You yeah. know? Like teasing like teasing you. Like a cat playing with a mouse, you know? That's fair. I think it's more like that. I like that idea, and <clears throat> that actually lends a lot more credence to it. I think the the one thing that bothers me, and I'm talking very large, I'm talking very broad stroke here, is that it's kind of weird, because they keep on seeming to use, reuse the same story a little bit. And again, we're talking very, very broad stroke, but it's always... It's always some villain that's one step ahead of you some way or another that wants to release a giant ancient alien being of some kind to destroy everything. That's true. That's true. Like Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, pre-sequel, um, you know, even as far as like some of the DLCs and everything like that mm-hmm. go. Like like this DLC, um, the previous DLC, the, the Wainwright and Hammerlock, you know, Guns, Love, and Tentacles DLC... Um, trying to think if there's any others in, um, oh yeah, I mean, you know, even in, um, the Commander Lilith DLC, yeah, you know, with like the plants and everything like that. So Mm -hmm. to make, to make paradise. So it's just that again, we're talking very, very broad strokes. So I know there's very subtle differences and all those characters are great in their own way, but broad stroke, they're kind of rehashing and they have been for a little while. Yeah. But I mean, like if you played a Borderlands game where, where you fight a villain and then you don't fight a vault monster at the end. What it, you're kind of like is that is that even a Borderlands game? Yeah, but I mean, you could still change it enough to make it different. Like, what if it was what if it was like an intelligent, you know, vault monster that was trying to that was trying to come through and needed the power of a siren to do it. So it's like bringing it it's trying to like bring it through to its own dimension and you're trying to save the siren or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm saying that there's ways to do it, and I wish they would explore that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, while still being able to have you fight it. So, because, like, imagine that. So, like, we we know that there's the possibility of going... Like, when we go through vaults, you know, the vault gates in, um, in Borderlands 3, it takes it to the chest rooms and stuff like that. But I feel like that's only after you kill a vault monster. Does it look like that? It probably looks very different when the vault monster is like alive in there or whatever, maybe. Mm, okay. So I think it'd be fun to explore a thing where instead of a vault monster coming through and then you kill it, you know, you going through a vault and going into like this weird, uh, and you guys know me, so this is going to be shocking, like almost like Eldritch Horror type plane, you know, where you're fighting it on its own terms or something like that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm, obviously, that's not perfect, and you can poke lots of holes in that too. But I wish there was something just a little bit different. Sure. So, and it's the same. It's the same thing with this one. You know, it's like she's gonna, you know, get this egg, and that's gonna hatch a giant, you know, alien beast thing that she's gonna control to take revenge on everybody. Yeah, I wish that we had been streaming when we first played through it because you were like, because he was the one dude's like. Like you know, it ain't a stone, and you're like, it's an egg. Yeah, like, it's, it's an egg. egg. <laughs> that was great. <clears throat> Had that a lock. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, super good overall. Really enjoyed the environment. The bathhouse was, was actually like my favorite. Yeah, the bathhouse was really cool. Yeah. They made it. They made it feel big, but n- none of it really seems repetitive. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. So and and even exploring more parts of it in the side quests and shit was really really interesting because like you, like <clears throat> like you walk into the place and it's just massive and super cool and like I want to go there in real life like oh, I yeah. want to go into like 
the world's biggest Japanese bathhouse. You know, it would be ridiculous. Sadly, you would not be allowed in a Japanese bathhouse. No? You have a tattoo. Oh, okay. If somebody... I'm like I'm like 99% sure that's accurate. If somebody can correct me on that, please do. Somebody get a hold of Gaijin Gumba, who is a fantastic creator, and if you don't know who he is, go check out his stuff. He does a great thing about how Ninja is Zero from Borderlands 2. Go check out that video, and then go check out the rest of his stuff. Wait, how nin? Oh, how ninja is? Yeah, is zero. Okay, I thought you were meaning like how ninja, like the streamer. No, is no. I was like gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, but overall, like really solid, really great atmosphere, really great environment, really, really great loot and rewards and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that we gave. Um, uh, Guns, Love, and Tentacles, and um, Moxie's Heist to the Handsome Jackpot. I'm pretty sure we'll give them both fours, which means we like this one more. Yeah, it's it seems weird because the other um, Guns, Love, and Tentacles really is my aesthetic and everything like That's that. That's your wheelhouse, for it, sure. It really is, but this one seemed so much more put together, I guess. Yeah. Even as far as the side quests and everything that you do, everything feels authentic to the vibes that they were trying to give off to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mac Hawks and his team fucking killed it. Yeah, so. yeah, they really did. So. I really can't wait to see what they do with the Krieg-based oh, DLC. Man, I'm so excited for that. Are you more hyped for that than you were for Guns Love with Tentacles? I, I think I am, yeah, just because I want to see how that all plays out as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, that's the main story. Side quests. What were some of your favorite side quests? Uh, I really liked um, I really liked the Cowboy Wisdom side yes. quest. Yeah, that one was so. That's the good. first one I thought of too. Yeah, that one's really good. <clears throat> With um, God, what is that guy's name? McClellan. It's Mick something. Yeah, Sweeney. No, Mick. I want to say it's like McCuggins or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But it was great. It's a, it's a really good DLC, you know. And there's lots of fun stuff to do. I, I was legitimately a little bit worried about the about the uh, like little mini-boss at the end of that area. Because mm, yep. Zane is not the greatest against flying enemies. Mm-hmm. So I was a little concerned about that, but that was a lot of fun. I liked, liked at the end of it, too. He's like, you did it. You're the new whatever, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one was really good. I also... Um, God, there's one that I have, like... I mostly love semi-hate relationship with, which is the one where the guy scams you into buying the shotgun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. God, that one's like so like you go through the whole process and you have the shotgun. The only thing that I that I feel like would have made it better is if at the end of it you would have actually gotten a better version of the crappy shotgun that you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I I feel like there's it's it's just weird now to have a um a white rarity shotgun that's also unique and it's got red text and everything that's not gonna do anything yeah it's just really strange it's i mean even even the echo 2 is like that's like a neat story callback and everything like that this is just kind of like here you go (laughs) right it's a reminder i guess it's a reminder of that mission which again it was really fun to do overall and especially like to follow the guy and to see the other people that he scammed and to finally get back at him and everything like that. So, and and at the end of it, when you like lob that artillery shell at him, I was getting major flashbacks to um, that one quest in Borderlands Two for uh, Overlook, mm. where they're trying to get their own shield and everything like that. And she's like, "Yeah, please, you know, set it to these coordinates and then fire it." It like takes out the one the one dude's house. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> So. It also gives me the vibes of um, of in the Commander Lilith DLC from Borderlands Two, and you gotta fire the laser. Yes, and, but you let, but of course you let Tina do it because you're not a monster. Yeah, yeah. Anyone that does not let Tina fire the laser in the Commander Lilith DLC is a bad person. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's funny that you picked up those two missions because those were my favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, I still have a few to go mm. in there. I have not completely finished it, but so far those ones have been my favorite. 
did you do the one yet with the uh, uh, coffin maker? Oh, for the um, for the quick draw yeah. thing. Yeah, that one's really good, too. Um, I'm excited to play through that quest with uh, all the other characters because I played through it with Zane, and Zane had some amazing uh, dialogue with him and everything. He's like, like, he's sitting there, and he's like, oh, sure, you didn't hit no bottles. As long as you had fun, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's just going through this whole thing. Forgive me for my terrible attempt at an Irish accent, by the way. Um, yeah, I haven't done it with Flack yet, frankly, but I did it, I went through it with, uh, with Moe's, mm. and it was, it was cool. Um, she really enjoyed that mission. Good. Um, yeah, overall side quest, really good. A uh, lot of interesting, unique uh, rewards and shit like that. So yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I... Like the shooter sick. Yeah, so I like doing... Um, I like doing the missions in here because, again, everything they do is very thematic and they, and they fit really well um, with... With the last DLC with Guns Love and Tentacles, most of them, most of the side quests felt really good. But then every once in a while you run into one, you're just like, this doesn't seem very fitting for the kind of world and environment they've built. Sure. So, so yeah. So that being said, well, after covering that stuff, who are your favorite new characters? It's a tough one. I mean, I really do. I don't know. There's there's a lot of good characters. I really do like the the guy that you helped out. Oh yeah, Slim. Slim, yeah. Yeah, I really like Slim, Slim Thunder. Slim Thunder. Yeah, he's really good, especially in that um, in that side quest. I like him a lot. Um, in the DLC, Rose as a character is very good, though. Like I said, I I think. I well, and you were saying that there's been like some speculation that they might even make Rose like the antagonist in a potential like Borderlands Four, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what's what people have been talking about, what I've been seeing chatter about. Um, obviously, none of it official or anything. Some right. people have just said, you know, how cool would this be? Um, like B Flattened has said some stuff. Check out his channel on YouTube and Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, just stuff that's like, look, they did, they never found her body. That leaves a lot of things open mm-hmm. for the future. And now she's got a vendetta, you know, mm-hmm. and could try to take it out on the entire galaxy or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like, so I, I do like Rose as a character. I, I really like Slim Thunder as a character. Um, I like Juno as like the reluctant hero. Yeah, that's really good, too. Um, Juno, and then who's the other guy that's with her? Titus. Titus. Yeah, Titus was an interesting character because I started out right away, like, not liking him at all. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of circled back to where I was... Because that was, that was the thing. It seemed like they did a good job, even in the short story, of giving character growth to both of those characters. Yes. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah. So, for... Um, you know, for the short time that that he's in there, I really liked the 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 sheriff as well. Yeah, but it was more that was kind of again one of those things where it was more just you know like having the sage wisdom and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, all that kind of thing. So, out of those ones, I think Slim probably is my favorite, and he might even be my favorite just as like a one-off character in anything. Although, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, um, I wish that I could remember the characters' names because I'm trying to trying to figure it out right now. But like the the guy that swindles you, McStilty or some some shit. Yeah, I want to say it's McStilkins or something like that. Something like that. He, um, I really liked just how much of a dick he is, frankly. Yeah, like, and I and I don't understand in that quest how we keep on letting him get away with it. I understand that they need to do something to keep the quest going. But if some guy was ever like, Oh, Hey, you know, Oh yeah, you're right. I totally scammed you. I'm sorry about that. I had no idea. Let me go get your money back for you. It's like, it's just right over here. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll go get it. You yeah. Know? Yep. And then like, I can't believe that, you know, any one of them ever fell for that. Yeah. Oh, McSmugger is the other guy. Yes. That's, that's, I really liked McSmugger. Um, 
He was great. Just yeah. like his, like you said, his sage cowboy wisdom and shit. Mm-hmm. For anyone that's wondering, that's in the, um, that's, he's the one from the uh, cowboy wisdom quest. Yeah. You know, where you got to climb the mountain and everything. Solid character. I I gotta say there was um, there's the elderly woman that's in the DLC. Elderly woman. Yeah, you know she helps you out, and she used to work for the company and everything like that. Oh yeah, Oletta. Yeah, Oletta. Not super into her as a character. She seemed very. I don't know. She seemed kind of like one dimensional, I guess. Yeah, a little thin on, on personality. Yeah. I mean, like, you do find out a little bit more about her just by uh, finding some echo logs and stuff. Like, apparently she's got a, apparently she's got a thing for Titus. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she is there at the facility, like, kind of getting some of her stuff back from the company. Yeah. Because she used to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I do think it's interesting, too, and I know we're kind of going off topic now, but... One of the things that I think is interesting is, and I'm not I'm not sure what did this, but it was very interesting. So, I, I guess I've never felt that movement was really an issue in the game so far, um, but they have it set up now to where there's different ways to move around the map a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. They have the um, the telezapper system, which is almost like a smaller version of it's almost like a smaller version of um you know the fast travel network yeah um except you just walk right up to it and it just it's it's a one-to-one so you walk up to one it puts you in a place and then if you go back through that one it puts you in the place you started at Mm -hmm. so it's not like you can you can go to any one of them and so they have that and then they also have uh, the jump pads that are in there as well yep which have a name. I don't care what they are. I'm going to call them jump pads forever. Yeah, because they're jump pads. Yeah. The fact that they're growing out of mushrooms doesn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's interesting. And I'm, again, I'm very curious as to why they decided to implement new forms of movement in there. And it, and it does kind of throw me off a little bit. Do you, do you, I guess a question would be, do you think that the playable area would feel too big and drawn out if you couldn't, if you didn't have those aspects to it? Like, if you had to either mantle everything or walk to everything. I don't think so, because, like, the telezappers pretty much were only for, like, specific locations that you needed to get to. Mm-hmm. I think my main... And I think my main thing was with the jump pads was, like, I am not the type of player to really, like, try to go out of my way to use those to my advantage. Mm. Like, I can just shoot stuff faster, and I'll be fine. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my deal. But if you're... But I still didn't, like, dislike them when I used them, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that there are people out there who are just trying to be f- fucking John Wick all over the place and, like, you know, like, be flying through the air and, and just, like, shooting shit, mm-hmm. you know, as they're flying through the air and everything. But that's just not my deal. That's Once you add in, like, another dimension of, like, shit like that, Makes it way harder for me. Once you add in the Z-axis. Yeah, yeah, I'm not down for that, so... That's fair. Um, Alright, cool. So, the narrator. I really liked the narrator. Um, I, I... I think it's nice because there were some very small aspects where I was like, I'm not sure what to do here, and then the narrator would say something and it would help out a little bit, but it never felt... As weird as it sounds, it still gave it a different vibe than when somebody is talking through to you through an echo recorder. Mm-hmm. It seemed less intrusive that way. Like, and I'm not sure if it was just the guy's like smooth voice or <laughs> or what it was, you know, the narrator's smooth voice or what it was, but it still felt like I was the one driving everything as opposed to Know, being like, oh my gosh, shut up! Yeah, I was getting there, or something like that. Yeah, because that is that is a thing. Typically, like you know, typically for helping, it's the you know, follow the soothing sound of my voice from yeah. Claptrap, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, 
with this guy, it's like, Ball Hunter decided to look behind that tree in the corner. You know? It's yeah. like, oh, I did? Oh, oh hey, look. Yeah, it's like, you may be asking how I knew that they had a thought like that. Just don't worry about it. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, super good. Really liked the narrator. Was really glad that the narrator was there for side quests, too. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Yeah, I was because we went and just did the main story and then just branched out and did side quests. Yo, this guy's sleepy over here. And I was, uh, I was afraid that the narrator was going to be gone, um, and I, I get why, I get why it works the way it does. But it would have been cool to have like a, just a little more interaction between the vault hunter and the narrator. Mm-hmm. It's like at the very end. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. However, however, they are telling it like it's a past, like it's a story of the past, just like Marcus has, you know. Which always makes me think, like, at what point, at what point are we now? Because, like, that's the thing is, like, we always, these are always stories being told in past tense. By Marcus. By Marcus. So where exactly are we in all of this at this point? It's a good question. I feel like that's a, that's a whole other episode. I agree. And I'm just wondering if, how big the difference is eventually going to be i guess like is it going to be like the difference between you know star wars episode one and episode three where it's like oh man it's only been like you know it's only been like 30 years but technology looks totally different yeah (laughs) you know i if so we have the dlc rated at a five like each of us do Mm -hmm. if the narrator wasn't in there would that be enough to move it down to a four yeah I think so. Yeah. I, I I would feel comfortable saying that, but yeah, I like the idea. I like I like the narrator and I like the fact that it's I mean, I don't expect it in any other DLCs and that's fine because again, aesthetically it just works so well in this one in particular. You don't think that it would work if according to Randy we actually went inside the mind of Pandora's most badass psycho or whatever? No, no, no. I think we could still do that, but I don't think I don't think Krieg's going to narrate it while it's happening. Yeah, that's true. Less okay, less of a narration and more of like voiceover shit, like sure. more interaction kind of stuff. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um, I God, I had a train of thought and now I lost it about that. So my bad. Yeah, it's all right. You jerk. <laughs> um. Lastly, let's talk about new gear. Now we gotta talk about that boss fight first. Alright, fine. The, the first time that we did that boss fight. The first time we did that boss fight, just wrecked it. <laughs> <laughs> so when Jeff and Beth and I played through it the first time, we did it on like Mayhem 6 because we just didn't know how difficult the DLC was gonna be. How everything was gonna scale, everything like that. Right. So we just kinda played it more for story. And then we went into their Rose was actually the harder part of the of the main boss fight, mm-hmm. and then your boy three three shot Flack fucking shredded the ruiner. Yeah, and it was pretty nuts. It was like for for a long time actually, even going back and farming it several times, I had no idea that there was like that whole underground phase. Yeah, for <laughs> for the ruiner. Yeah. Um. That being said, once you actually once you actually give it a chance, and once you actually do it on Mayhem 10, where it's a little bit more difficult, it's actually an, a kind of interesting fight. Um, I say kind of because one of the big differences is that while it still does have a critical hit spot, it's just not its head. Yeah. So it's you know on its back and everything like that. And it's vaguely similar to the heart from the previous DLC, mm-hmm. where it's got crystals that do that you can do a ton of damage against with critical hits but they also break so you got to be you know a little little bit wary of that so yeah it's um overall like i like it it's basically just a giant turtle like you mixed a giant tortoise with godzilla Mm. that's what this thing is yeah um the underground section is cool uh it's also not 
necessary to do the underground section if you don't want to so that is kind of a fun aspect of it yeah the thing that always freaks me out is i can always do a ton of damage when i'm doing the underground part of it but i'm always nervous that i'm never going to make it back outside before the lava mm -hmm. now before the lava like swallows me up because the lava's rising no the rock <laughs> is sinking that's the difference <laughs> that's true that's true so. the rock is sinking <laughs> get to the telus <laughs> Get to above ground. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and the ruiner drops a decent amount of loot. Um, see, this is what we get for recording at this hour. I know. That's all right. I think we'll survive. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, really solid boss. Um, I enjoyed the bosses overall. Like, the quartermaster is... Uh, kind of interesting. Um, what mm -hmm. else is there? Oh, um, the guy in the bathhouse. Come. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember the name either. It's a. It's like K A M something. Com Kami, something like that. <laughs> Kami. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, whoever that is. Yeah, it's a fun fight. Right. So, but yeah, all the all the boss fights are pretty good. Uh, the creatures in this one are really interesting too, because you do also have some of the weird kind of you know alien-looking creatures. Like we've got like almost like space gags out here at one point. Yeah. So with the weird stuff going on, but but yeah, overall really fun. You know what I like about this is that even when farming in like Mayhem Ten, mm -hmm. it is you are less likely to get. Um, when it comes to, like, the one-off stuff, you have a lot better chance of getting that thing that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because everything is kind of like a one-to-one -one ratio this time, isn't it? Like Something like that, yeah. Like, like if you're going for a flipper from the Minasaur, like, it's very rare that they drop a legendary that's not the flipper. Yeah, which is super nice. It's really, really nice. Yeah, because you can just go and farm that stuff. And, and, the, and the whole idea is that Mayhem 10 is really focused around finding the right anointment rolls on stuff. Yes. So you're able to do that now. It's like, it's like, all right, great. You can have the Mayhem 10 gun, but if you still want to keep going for it, you can still just continue to farm until you get the anointment that you want on it too. And that's, that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah. And like some of them had, do have an increased chance to drop a lot of loot, like the quartermaster and mm -hmm. like the ruiner. Yeah. But if, but if that's not the case most of the time. You right. know what I mean? Like, if you're looking for something specific, you can typically go to that thing. Except for, I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think the Quartermaster is the dedicated, you know, quote-unquote, dedicated drop for the Gargoyle. Oh, okay. Which is a little frustrating. Yeah, because he because the Quartermaster does drop so much other stuff. Yes, but they also drop it at, like, such a high rate that it's not a huge, huge deal. Right. It's almost like we were talking about before with, um, it's almost like we were talking about before when we did our Borderlands 2 bosses ranked episode where it's like it goes back into that bell curve situation we're talking yes. about. So, so yeah, and, and, and that's just the other extreme end of the spectrum on the bell curve. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, yeah, that being said, um, let's go into let's go into the weapons because I know that you've been dying to go into that. I have. Um, there are so many really great guns in here mm -hmm. that it's become the new meta. Like, the old meta was the Cartel event and all those weapons, OPQ. Well, the Cartel event and the stuff that was, uh, and the stuff that's Mayhem 6 or higher. So, OPQ, Sandhawk, yeah. Monarch, Plaguebearer, Backburner, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Now, the meta, Plaguebearer and, sorry, Plaguebearer and Backburner are still, like, a good chunk of the meta. Yep. Because we didn't really have a whole lot of amazing rocket launchers that came out of this. Mm -hmm. There's that Atlas one. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but I don't really use rocket launchers a whole lot. But, right. Um, but there's, like, the main things that came out of this are, like, the flipper, the... Um, the light show. The light show. Yeah, the pea shooter. Yep. Pea shooter's really good. The... Um, Complex root. Oh, complex root is really good too. Um, the not not the yeah the bloom. The bloom's good. Yeah, the miscreants. Um, the robin's call. If you're doing uh, critical hit flak, mm -hmm. you can get you can trigger head explosion real quick with that. 
Yeah, so just about any of them. And the, the nice thing is all of these don't necessarily have to have builds for them, but they work even better if they do. Like, Because I remember even on our first playthrough going through and uh, I found a light show and I just picked it up and saw what it did. I'm like, this neat, this is something that has to go on on Zane mm-hmm. just because of the way it works because Zane's already, you know, amazing with the Monarch and this is basically like a pistol version of the Monarch. Right. And so that works out really well. Not to mention that you can also get it with a cryo anointment so that just helps even further. Right. Same with same with Moe's. Like Moe's if if you're doing Moe's is doing splash damage and a lot of bullets so the the light show is really great for for her. The Miscreant is also uh, pretty solid. The Gargoyle is really good. There's very like there's a lot of first of all there was a lot of new legendaries and a lot of them are really good like how often will you go into um, Guns Eleven Tentacles and like not pick up a bunch of stuff because it just is not very good like a hot damn serial killer or mm-hmm. um, or was it the sawbar that was in that I think I think both no it was the serial killer I'm pretty sure okay it was in that yeah the serial killer and then um. Yeah, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's just a few things. Like, if you're going into that, you're going into it like for anarchy or skull masher or unseen threat. Unseen threat. Yeah, though, and those are kind of like the big ones. Yeah, most of the rest of it, you know, maybe depending on who you are, maybe like you know a little yeety. Yeah, but you know, again, that's kind of hit or miss depending on how it goes. But right, but like pretty much anybody can use a complex root or a flipper or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Yeah, or a light like, show. Yeah. yeah. Any of those kind of things, they work out really well. So, so yeah, I really like the weapons in here. Um, I think they're the the one thing that's kind of weird is, and I'm and I'm and it makes sense just from a pure gameplay perspective. But the guns that seem to be consistently really good also kind of do the same thing, and I hope that they kind of get away from that a little bit. <laughs> okay, because like it would not surprise me if like. An ideal, uh, a nearly ideal build for me uh, with Zane would be, um, so it'd be a Monarch, be a light show, it'd be, and this is just with the current build I have, it'd be um, uh, a Sandhawk, and it'd be a Flipper. Yeah. So you're, you're spreading out all of your ammo that way, so you've got four different weapon types, but they're all basically doing the same thing, which is... With one pull of the trigger, you get multiple rounds out of it. Yes, yeah. So well, it's pellet count. Yeah, it's all about pellet count, but not with shotguns. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, and but that's part of the math behind it, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So, also, I think that the, it's really interesting that, um, according to some of the other bigger content creators, like. A lot of these guns were not at the place that they are now before the patch that came out the day that Bounty of Blood released as well. Right. So K6 like, had to go back and like re-record all of his weapons guides that he had done mm-hmm. because they all got buffed. Yeah. So crazy stuff though. Crazy. Really great stuff. If you haven't checked out Bounty of Blood, um, do it. It's 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 definitely worth the money like yeah absolutely like if you don't have the uh definitive edition or whatever it is yeah the deluxe edition yeah thank you yeah that, that has the season pass on it yeah you should yeah first of all you should because it's more than like we've already recommended the last three dlcs and i would be highly surprised if we didn't recommend the next one so if you're someone that is just now getting into it and you haven't gotten any of the DLCs, just buy the season pass because it'll be worth it. Yeah, or if you like are still checking out Borderlands Three and like you haven't bought it yet, like it's definitely going to be worth it down the road to get the bount- to get the uh, Game of the Year edition. Yeah, absolutely, that too. So, and I'm I'm really happy with where things are at right now overall in the game. And I know that a lot of other people are feeling that same way. And I think that's really nice. Everyone's kind of feeling the same thing where it's like, yeah, now we're at the point with the amount of content that we have and the amount of builds that people can have to where there's definitely some longevity in the game. It's super, super interesting because I was uh, watching um, watching somebody the other day. I, th- I, well, I was watching Jolts and like he was working on a build and he was just going, 
all over the place. Yeah. Right? He was like, let's try Guardian Takedown and test out this build. All right, we need this thing. Let's go to the Valley of Blood DLC and do some farming. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we I want this class mod. Let's go to the Handsome Jack Jackpot DLC. Mm-hmm. And now we'll go and test it out mobbing. So we're going to go do Slaughter Shaft. You know, I mean, it's... It's a, there's a ton of stuff to do. Yeah. End game now. Yeah. And it's all super well balanced. And I genuinely feel like the game is at a, the best point now that it's been in quite some time. Yeah. Like since, well, like November ish. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing where it goes because based on, based on what we know of the previous games and how they've worked. You know, we got, so we got four DLCs out of, um, out of the first game. And that was, you know, three, three story DLCs. And then the one, and then, you know, Moxie's Underdome, which was just like a horde mode type thing. And that was really good. Um, and then in Borderlands two, we had the four DLCs from that. And then we had the headhunter packs as well. Four of them. Um, there's. They were all holiday ones. Yeah. So there was Waddle Gobbler. There was Mercenary Day. There was um, Halloween. Halloween. And then the uh, the Valentine's Day one. Yeah. So four of them. Yeah. And then we had got. And then obviously several years later, then we got a fifth story DLC as well. And then, and then on top of that, there was also the, um, there was also, um, Digistruct Peak with the OP levels and stuff yes. like that. So yeah. I think the way that they're going and it wouldn't surprise me if this happened is it wouldn't surprise me either way if they continued to do more, um, small DLC similar to Headhunter packs after the fourth DLC, but I could also really easily see it going the other way and doing, more events as well or bringing events back but we don't really have a way of knowing that until you know until we get to that point because since the game isn't even a year old yet we'll see yeah um right i think uh that's gonna wrap it up for us typically we would do a going going gun but frankly we don't have one prepared so we're not going to do one. I'm going to do a creator shout out. Okay. Shout out to BZK25. Go check out his stream. Uh, follow him on Twitter. His stream is BZK25. He streams mostly Borderlands stuff. He's really cool. He did a uh, he did the challenge the other day where you do um, where you do a one life. Uh, starting from level 13. Yeah, did the one life to Wotan. Nice. So that was sick. Did you complete it? Yeah. Sick. Yeah. It was cool. I was in stream. I wasn't chatting, but I watched it. (laughs) You were there. Yeah. Should have at least typed in hi YouTube in there. (laughs) (laughs) I should have. I should have, but I didn't. I said I announced the the pod's presence when uh, when we hopped in there. All right. Sick. Yeah. So go follow him. Go check him out on stream. BZK25. Tell him the Vault Hunters uh, from Vault Hunters Guide sent you. Do that. That's pretty much it. We'll talk to you later. Good luck. I gotta get it in frame here. Here (laughs) Good luck and good drops. Bye.